doing this has totally energized me, and I thought about it. You know, my father started his third business when he was my age. So people were like, well, you know, I'm getting ready to retire. From Vermont Center for Emerging Technologies, it's Start Here, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. On today's episode, we are thrilled to chat with Julie Leinberger, entrepreneur, architect, changemaker, co-founder of LineSync Architecture, and most recently, Wheelpad, accessible living accommodations for the recently disabled. Welcome. This is Sam Roach-Gerber and Dave Bradbury recording from Coworking Plus in Brattleboro, Vermont. Hi, Julie. Hey, thanks for inviting me. How are you doing? Thanks for coming out. Thanks. We are totally psyched to be here in Coworking Plus and totally pumped that Julie agreed to come chat with us. Because you're living the dream. I'm getting there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, let's, let's start with it. Yeah, so Julie, I mean, I think I'm kind of familiar with your story, and it's such a cool one. Why don't we jump in and just uh, tell us who Riley Poor is. Riley Poor is a dear, dear friend of ours who I've known since he was about five years old when I moved to Vermont. He was living here. Comes from a longtime Vermont family. And he grew up to become a documentarian for Extreme Skiers. And as he was doing a documentary on Simon Dumont, who won the X Games. So cool. It was. It was great. Um, he, there was an accident. And he became quadriplegic four days before his 26th birthday. He was here because uh, Simon was doing his competition at Mount Snow. So we, my husband and I, helped his parents and him through the whole ordeal over at Albany Med till he could go over to uh, Craig Hospital in Colorado, which is all a long story to say. Riley's got the most incredible attitude you've ever seen. He had had a job offer from Nike to uh, start at Nike doing videography for them after he finished with Simon's documentary. So after rehab, he moved to Portland, Oregon. Nike honored their job. Uh, offer for him. Hell gave yeah. Him, Good for them. Gave him adaptive equipment. And when he got to Portland, he could not find an accessible apartment that a caregiver could help him in the shower. It's hard enough finding a regular apartment. Like, I can't <laughs> even imagine. It was unbelievable. They gave him a list of quadriplegic people to contact to see what they did. There were Archaic. waiting lists everywhere. It was awful. Yeah. So he ended up having to stay in a hotel room, an accessible hotel room, for eight months. At 26. At 26. In a new city. And living life in a wheelchair. And a new job. So when he would get home from Nike, he'd be exhausted. People offered to cook for him, but he didn't want another event. No one could come cook for him in a hotel room. So he ended up being isolated. When he did find an apartment... Um, he could figure out, okay, what am I going to, what's my long-term situation going to be? He bought a house, and because Joseph and I have line sync architecture, and we're his godparents, <laughs> we said, okay, we're going to help you make this. And we made a beautiful home, and we made it for him to be universally accessible. And while we were doing that, my husband, who's the architect, I run the business, said, Riley, what if there had been an accessible bedroom and bathroom that you could have attached to your mom's house or your dad's house or your cousin's house for that matter so that rather than being isolated for eight months in a hotel room and then going to a, 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 a 
uh, an apartment, you could have been with your family. You could have rolled into dinner with your brother. You could have participated in family life, not been isolated, and that's how Wheelpad was born. Independence. Exactly. Wow. Yeah, with Wheelpad, having a, a an accessible bedroom and bathroom that can attach to a home, then you don't have to worry about impinging on someone. You don't have to get someone to uh, renovate their home for you. You still have your own access. And if you have a caregiver, they have their own entrance that also doesn't disrupt the whole family. And it's designed to be a short or a longer-term uh, solution to a, to a home, right? You can wheel it in on a trailer, attach it the way you need to, mm-hmm. and, and be part of the, the greater household. Yes. If, um, if you do temporary, it, it, it stays on the chassis from which it's built. And in most areas, most municipalities in the United States, it does not trigger zoning or building permit issues. If you want a permanent model, which is available, we bring it in and set it on a foundation. But you do have to get the permits for that. Wow. And, and so you had this idea after yep. a very personal uh, story and, and problem set. So how did, it, how did it sort of morph into a business? Well, Riley and Joseph and I and our daughter, Jaslyn, who also lives out in, in Portland, we'd go out to dinner and kick around this idea of wheelpad. And we did that for about four or five years, about four years. And then Orly Munsing, who is a tour de force in the state of Vermont. Uh, I this know Orly. has come up. Second time. We were at the circus earlier. <laughs> so, and the strolling of the heifers uh, uh, she's, coming up. Yes, she did the. Um, she got together with uh, BDCC, Brattleboro Development Credit Corp., and they did a business plan competition. And Orly said, you've been talking about this for years. Either do something or stop talking about it, basically. Put up or shut up, <laughs> There right? we go. And my husband, I, it was like... Nice it, little kick in the butt there. Absolutely. <laughs> and it, I only had a few weeks to get that initial um, plan together, and my husband totally encouraged me, and I did it. When you then have a bunch of business people saying, okay, we think you've got a good idea, we're giving you $10,000. All of a sudden, I, I felt like I was obligated. Then let's, let's try this out. And with Strolling of the Heifers, they gave me a one mentor, Bob Lawson, and he was, he was very, Bob is fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He's part of the, the Bratz, the, the, the Brattleboro Tech he? Association here. Yeah, yeah, he was really good and just encouraged me. Then from there, that set me up to do the road pitch, of Fresh Tracks road pitch, and that's where I connected with Andrew Stickney. There was a bunch of people that really liked the idea. I got the People's Choice Awards, got $450 from there thanks to KeyBank, and... I was like, oh, this is, this is really happening. And um, the, where I got my major uh, mentor advisor, who's half my age, but he, he was Andrew Stickney, who continually, I guess, had been, what I have heard, a, a bit of a curmudgeon of these. And he was like, finally, it's, it's something that's, it, it's not a facial product. It's not a food. It's not a new, this is something that can really scale. And he said, I'll help you. And his advice throughout this, just keeping me going, helping me. Under- I'd never done a PowerPoint before. He knows his stuff. He knows his stuff. He knows his financial stuff. He knows about things that 
I didn't need to know running an architectural business for 28 years. And he's really been patient in helping me learn about things like equity and allowing investors and going for a loan or what the difference and how that can be. And um, he's, it's just been inval invaluable. Through Andrew, then I uh, applied to Launch Vermont. And that was an amazing experience, not only because I won the Innovation Prize and another $15,000 towards... Uh, building my prototype, but because of everybody who talked to me, you know, at Launch Vermont, there were different um, meetings that I could go up to. I was making a three-hour drive each way. Yeah, that was pretty impressive. It was, but you know what? Each time I'd drive home, I'd say, it was worth, worth the drive. <laughs> That's pretty great. You know, it, it's been almost a year to the day since Andrew left uh, his role at the Vermont Center Emerging mm -hmm. Technologies working with us to go on to uh, his, his next company. So, yeah. Um, well, really, really great that you uh, sing his praises that way. So, oh, good, good, on, really good on you. Helped me. And I think the program that um, these had supported through that was just phenomenal. Everything, I, I mean, I, they had different people, and I went to every single one. Yeah. Whether it was Oxbow Creative or the. Um, Oh, we had the Innovate Her pitch competition, too, that you were a finalist at. Yes. Uh, for I sure. think, Julie, you make such a good point of it just hits me, like, how important the mentorship part of it is. And I think there's a lot of entrepreneurs in Vermont that maybe aren't as aggressive at seeking out those opportunities that you have. And I think you make a really good point that it's such an important piece of it because you never know who's going to be there, especially in Vermont. It's like, you know, people come out of the woods quite literally. Um, and that's that's how you make it to the next level, you know? It was. And I really partook of everything. There was that um, Dale Carnegie training course mm -hmm. about public speaking. Brian Bissell is my favorite. I love yeah. Brian. I, so I, I, <laughs> I took advantage of that. Um, there were Dinsey. Uh, wait, there's like four different law firms. Yep. Uh, Dinsey. Uh, what's the husband and wife team there? Uh, Merritt. Ken Merritt. 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 Yeah. Um, uh, just a variety of people, Pauline Law from Gravel and Shea, that all offered different bits of advice on trademarking, on intellectual property, on what type of incorporation, how I should incorporate, that sort of thing. Then uh, there was even the um, oh, reconciled it people, different... Oh, for bookkeeping. About yeah, because bookkeeping for an architectural office is very different than bookkeeping for a manufacturing facility. So I, I just have to say that every single time, every person I met, I learned something from. That, yeah. That's great. Yeah, you're sort of the, the poster child here <laughs> for some of the things that are available to, to mm -hmm. entrepreneurs um, and startups. Um, you know, one of the risks of getting a lot of advice is you get a lot of different opinions. Did you ever have people saying, go left, and others saying, go right? And, and yep. how, do you, how do you distill that? I'm still I'm de I'm dealing with that right now because with an architectural business, you know I I built my studio when they had zero interest credit card loans, mm -hmm. and I had no problem with that. Developing this business, I either need to take out a real loan or have investors, and the advice on that of should I take out a loan or should I have investors, it is raging. And I, I'll be at one week thinking, oh, okay, this is the way I'm going to go. 
and two weeks later, I've gotten different advice, and no, I'm ready to go the other way. So I'm still wrangling with that. Thankfully, VSECU, the Vermont State Employees Credit Union, I have a number of mentors from them. They gave me a grant of $10,000 as well. And they are being very patient as I work through what I want to do and how they might be able to assist because they also believe in Wheelpad. So I'll be meeting with them in the next in the next month or two to figure that out. In the meantime, I've got two grant applications in, which will lessen my need for how much money I need to either ask for investors or for a loan with both the Veterans Administration and AARP. So if those grants come in, and then you'll have some uh, some walking room. around money to exactly. To, at what stage now is Wheelpad? You you. You're, you're selling units, leasing units, so is it sort not of, yet? We not have, yet. Okay. No, we've got our prototype built, and what I'm what the grant I'm writing for the VA is to trial the prototype. We are offering it as a free lease to either a service member or a veteran to let us attach it to the house, make sure how it works, and. With that, we did a video on Wheelpad. I don't know if either of you got to see it. Seen it. But we have uh, attention from all over the world. I've, it's been translated into Russian, Chinese, Italian, Portuguese, French, Spanish. Incredible. It, it keeps going on. And um, with that, I've people in Genoa and New Zealand have asked, "Can you ship it overseas?" I said, "I'm not there yet, but I'm going to look. I'm looking into it." Trying We're to taking do it. orders and deposits. We're taking <laughs> orders and deposits. Exactly. Yeah. So um, yesterday, I had a, a real um, possible inquiry from a woman in Texas. We again, I'm having to con continually pivot, which was a word that I learned with the BDCC strolling of the heifers competition, because we thought we were just going to start in the Northeast. But I have to start with whoever's going to give Where me the customers are. Where right. the customers right. are. Right, and I think that kind of leads into, I know you kind of started with, you know, Riley's story as your kind of launching point, and it's, your customer has certainly evolved. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, this was again Andrew and um, he, his partner Emmy Lewis. They came down and we were all kicking around this idea, and they came up with this idea. You know, how about we change the way our injured soldiers come home, which is so fantastic. And equally impressive was that through the uh, Innovate Her competition, there was a man, David Feinauer, in the audience who connected me with Norwich University, which is the largest military university in the States, and they helped build the prototype. Isn't that amazing? So David, it's, we've worked with David with this. He's an entrepreneurship faculty person. Oh, and uh, what he's tried to stand up on their campus for students and bridging engineering and, in your case, architecture. Right. Um, it's fantastic. Only in Vermont does that stuff sort of happen. They're they're featuring us in their next edition of the Norwich University magazine. So as I was talking to the person who's writing the article, she says, oh, there's another Norwich graduate you should connect with. He does all these things for veterans. And here's his story, Richard Brooks. So I, when I was down in D.C. last uh, last weekend, I met with Richard Brooks, also through this military connection. I met with people in the VA who told me about this grant. Unfortunately, last weekend told me a grant that's due this weekend, but I'll get it in. <laughs> I'll get of it in. Of course you will. That's you the can-do <laughs> attitude we, uh, yeah, we Brick know walls about. were meant to go through or around or over. Absolutely. So. Um, what, what has uh, surprised you 
so far about starting up this this very different business than a professional services, right? You've got, you know, things to build and rules and what, what how's that learning gone? Yeah. Well, there's two things that have surprised me um, the most. One is how many people are willing to help, whether it's um, people from the Small Business Administration, people from PTAC, which is helping you get involved with governmental contracts. Everyone I've talked to sees a, a, a use for a wheel pad and has a connection to make for me. So it's been hard to follow up on all of those. And I'm finding that my second surprise is how much energy I have. This Doing this has totally energized me, and I thought about it. You know, my father started his third business when he was my age. So people are like, well, you know, I'm getting ready to retire. What are you doing starting a new <laughs> business? But when you have an idea that, you, that really gets into your heart and soul, the energy just comes, and I'm very excited to be doing it. That's why it's, you know, you hear about entrepreneurs that just want to start a business. They just want to be an entrepreneur, and they don't know what it is, and they're searching for that idea. And, you know, that works sometimes, but it really does take that passion to, to stay up, you know, every night late finishing that, you know, grant that you had one week to do. And, <laughs> right. and that's really what I think sets apart the, the really successful businesses that, that really make it. Yeah, I think that and um, really accepting help. Totally. So accepting that advice. It's been really great. And um, you've gone through a patent process. Mm -hmm. Could you just briefly just describe that? Was it how mm -hmm. painful it was and how could it be easier for the next person? <laughs> um, the, the difficulty for us was we had so, so many attorneys who wanted to assist in finding the right match and then finding that match and then health issues come up. So that was a little bit difficult. We ended up uh, doing a provisional patent with one person and now we're doing the full patent with somebody else. It's the legalese is insane, both in the patent process things that you have to do that as a business person, I think, oh my gosh, this is so redundant. Why, why, you know, the legal community, how they tie things up and you really need help. It's not something you can do by yourself and it's very expensive. You have a patent which make, brings value to your business, but um, then you have to, if ever use it, uh, to actually use it, you have to defend it, which can be very expensive. We decided that we did want to do a patent, um, that we want to be the apple of wheel pads. We're pretty sure we're going to get copied, but we will always improve our product. We, it will always be environmentally safe because so many people with spinal cord injuries have toxic uh, chemical sensitivities. sensitivities. So um, we're going ahead with the process. It's just long and expensive. The... Uh and how long have they told you? Do you expect a, a patent decision? Is it I ha years I don't, or? Uh, I, 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 I'm guessing within a year. Mm -hmm. I don't know the answer to that. I'll need to call Justin McCabe. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't call. <laughs> They'll let you know. Um, hey, Launch VT, you mentioned that earlier is one of your uh, things. VSET's very involved in that. And mm -hmm. um, their next round is coming up of submissions. The collegiate pitch is 
Friday. coming up Friday at wow. Vermont Technical College. And I think there's nine colleges and universities that have nominated teams. That's fantastic. Isn't that, what an outgrowth. Really, really yeah. nice. And um, I just want to make sure I get this on record. Do you recommend this submission and and the, 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 the workshops that are done? A hundred percent. hundred percent. Even if I you would, are a couple hours away. Even if you're three hours away. <laughs> even if you live in southern Vermont. Whatever it is, definitely, because it inspired me and it taught me. And it also, with, with each win, it helped further my resolve to actually get this business started. Absolutely recommend it. Awesome. Julie, one of the things I was checking out your website earlier, which is awesome, by the way. Thank you. Um, and one of the things that immediately stuck out to me is, and I'm learning a lot of this entrepreneurship stuff um, this year, which has been super exciting. And one of the things we talk a lot about is, is kind of shifting from a you know long mission statement to a, to a mantra. Mm -hmm. And you had on your website, your home accessible now, which I just love. Can you talk a little bit about getting to that and, and maybe how that evolved? Yeah, it, 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 we always wanted some little catchy phrase. And I think we started off with a uh, wheel pad, uh, I don't know, moving to accessibility. I think it was moving from rehab to independence. Then uh, that just, uh, not, not catchy. And then, um, uh, uh, wheel pad accessible, make your home accessible or something like that. And then somehow it just evolved to your home now accessible. And like, no, 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 no. Your home <laughs> accessible now. Because we wanted to focus on that the people, that it was their home and they could make it accessible without too much fuss and, and muss. And I think that, I, we think that does it. Totally. And, and so your your model then is to allow folks to to purchase um, a wheel pad unit, mm -hmm. um, and I'm sure there's different base pricing mm -hmm. components, um, and, or lease it on a short term basis. Just mm -hmm. yeah, you can lease it um, for you can lease wheel pad between six with a six month minimum, and then it's month to month. Gotcha. Uh, awesome. If yeah, someone say, you know, we've had people say, can we get this one so that our mom can be with us for hospice rather than a facility? Absolutely. So and cool. they don't know how long they're gonna need it. Yeah. So I do just for business purposes, I need a six month min minimum. You're, there is a cost to attaching it to the house and delivery. But after that, month to month. If someone says, No, I this is a great thing, I want a permanent model. Then we just sell it. And, and do you have pricing that you we can do? Talk We're about? leasing it for three thousand a month. Pricing starts at sixty thousand dollars for the unit, and then if people want a custom siding to match their house or some custom interior, then we work with them from so there. So cool. So three thousand a month versus um, if you could find an apartment or a house that had accessible features in. What I mean, we did probably close to half the expense of what. Well, we looked at what it would cost to be in a nursing home, assisted living, that sort of thing, throughout the country. And it's about, well, depending on where you are in the country. If you look at average, average price is around 6000 a month for assisted living or a nursing wow. home or something like that. So we, we decided that we could make it work with $3,000 a month. 
we want to continue as we get bigger to make this as affordable as possible, especially because of the people that need this oftentimes are the people that can't afford it. Totally. And uh, we're working with the VA to have it be approved through the VA Medical Center, through Medicaid, Medicare, Blue Cross, Blue Shield. That is a big bureaucracy. But right now with this trial that I'm trying to get the grant for, if we can make the case that an insurance company would save money on allowing for wheel pad and the person heals more quickly because they're home with family and the person enters back into the workforce and society more quickly because they're they're comfortable what is that case and then we hope and certainly to- hospitals must want to work with you too because they're yes. under immense pressure to get people out yes and if they don't have a safe responsible accommodating place for their patients to go i think you you can get stuck in a limbo as a as a family and as someone trying to heal. That's so. true. That's true. I've, I've been in touch with the Craig Hospital where Riley rehabbed and also the Spalding Center in Boston. And they, the people on the rehabilitation teams want to have one in the hospital to help people learn what it's like once they're outside. So cool. So I'm, again, I'm, I'm working on so many fronts all at once. And so who's on your team? Well, right now I am. I am in the process of interviewing and hiring someone uh, to, to be my right-hand person, to be a COO, and we, I will know that by, in, by March and hopefully have that person on board by April. I have a project manager already on board who went with me through the Dale Carnegie training that was offered as part of Launch Vermont. He is my project manager. He will oversee the attachment to a home. He had very unique background in that he's also a caregiver and also has worked as a carpenter. So he totally Incredible. understands. You found the one guy. That I <laughs> found the one guy. So I'm very excited about that. And then I use my line sync architecture staff as my background yeah. for now. And uh, hopefully within, you know, six to eight months, that will change. So, Sorry. Sorry, Sam. Oh, it's okay. Um, Sam stole one of my interview questions uh, <laughs> recently. Retaliation so now. I, I, there's a little war going on here between <laughs> us, Julie. Um, I, I wanted to ask about where and how you think you'll build these uh, units. Okay, see, that was like exactly what I was going to ask, so you didn't really steal it. Okay, sorry <laughs> then. So right now I've got it out to three people uh, for pricing, and I hope to go into production if not next month, then the following month. And that's in with Vermont? Three well, Maybe. Um, I'm hoping, be, no, yeah. two of them are. Uh, and that's my preference, yeah. is to, to be in, in Vermont. And then the third is just not too far, just in Orange, Massachusetts. But I, of course, prefer, but as we know, we have to... Um, Julie, I'm from Western Mass, so that's quite all right with me. <laughs> Excellent. As long as it's in the Pioneer Valley and not the Berkshires, because apparently those are two different places. Uh, yeah, they are. I grew up east of Worcester, and oh, okay. anything on the other side of Worcester, west of Worcester was west of Worcester. The, the wild. So, um, the Happy Valley. Happy yeah. So, Julie, what, is, what does Wheelpad look like in five years? Oh, that was where I was going next. We are so in the same We're in sync. I hope to with, yeah, I hope to within um, three to five years create our own manufacturing facility so that we can monitor the type of development and changes and modifications that happen. My personal preference is to build that facility in Wilmington, Vermont. We're an economically depressed area. 
We used to have manufacturing from the barn board factory, chairs factory, even GS Precision was there for quite some time. I'd like to bring back good paying bring jobs. Bring it back, Absolutely. Yeah. And then when I finally do start running out of steam, I want to sell wheel pad to the employees so that there will always be good so cool. manufacturing jobs. Yeah, yes. tired of the community. Huh? Yeah. And what's what's that going to take to the next level? So you're going to have to decide whether to grow organically and through uh, grants and, and sales or take on outside investment just given the capital requirements, yeah. right? So that, that's a big hurdle. Um, well, definitely when I do, when I build the facility to manufacture our own, I will have to take on investors. Yeah. No question. It's just a matter of getting from here to there. Right. And do you feel like the labor force, you've got people that are qualified or that could learn to do this? Absolutely. I, I, I get so befuddled when I see they're saying that we have a problem with workforce in Vermont. I really, we have a waiting list of people to work for us for, in, for line sync architecture, both from Vermont and across the nation. People want to work in Vermont. People take pay cuts to come work in Vermont, and they're happy about it. The flexibility, what we offer here, the, the type of life. We always say we work to live. We don't live to work. I have a new employee that's just about ready to come from San Diego to Vermont, taking a pay cut because she wants to be in Vermont. And um, so when I look at manufacturing Wheelpad, I already have a list of 20 people who want to work for Wheelpad in various degrees, whether it's in the manufacturing end, or it's in the marketing end, or in the uh, office in some, some way. So it, to me, I don't know exactly how fast I'll grow in these next three to five years. If I get the orders that I think that I think might happen once the word really gets out there, once we have it trialed, I have a feeling I'll have to take on investors more quickly than to, I to meet demand rather than to fund yeah. development. And, exactly. Well, that's the position you want to be in because yeah. the terms are, <laughs> are are better and your choices are out there. And, and I do think um, the world of corporate venturing, mm -hmm. um, foundation-based investing, whether it's a PRI model or mm -hmm through some direct uh, investment arm has, has really blossomed. And, and this well, speaks to insurance companies that yeah. want to do this stuff, as well as uh, units of, of medical services companies mm -hmm. and the rest. So I think uh, you'll be in a good position. Well, you, you touched on something, too, that I hadn't mentioned, that I incorporated as a L3C, which is a low-income limited liability company. The reason I did that rather than a nonprofit is because I know that I want to sell it to the employees. And the second reason is that as a L3C, foundations can give me grants as part of their program-related investment that you mentioned. Right now, I'm talking with United Cerebral Palsy. There's one young man with cerebral palsy who wants to um, get these units for people with cerebral palsy. So they can, as part of their PRI, give me the $60,000 grant that I can then give to this young man. It's, it's, it's yep. part of their, that's how they're investing in their program. And he thinks it's fantastic because right now adults with cerebral palsy have to basically live at a caregiver's place. And if it doesn't work out between that person and the caregiver, they're kind of stuck. And as he rightly noted, if he had wheel pad and it didn't work out with his caregiver, 
He'd move to a new caregiver. That's awesome. Just move it, move, move it along. <laughs> yes. There's so many opportunities. Um, I wanted to thank you because uh, Sam and I and, uh, and Bonnie Reese with VSET, we teach a course at Middlebury College each January, Mid-Entrepreneurs, where we hand-select, or hand-select, we somehow select uh, these really wonderful uh, students. And you had a chance to sort of mentor yeah. And help out Amanda in her mm-hmm. class. And one, I just wanted to thank you for that. Oh. And um, did you think you at this stage would be in such a position to offer such wisdom to sort of the, the next up and comer? Well, I don't know if I offered wisdom, but I gave her some of my perspective. <laughs> uh, she was she was very intelligent. She had a really good plan and a really good idea. And I hope she I hope she moves forward with it. But um any any time that someone thinks I can help them, I'll I'll give that advice. I'll meet with them. I'll see what I can do because that's what everyone did for me. So, what if you could name three things that our community at large here could do to make Wheelpad advance a little bit more rapidly and and confidently? <laughs> what what might they look like? I, maybe we'll maybe the crowd will help. <laughs> procure something here. Hell yeah. Well, um, one thing, I do have a generosity campaign going on. It's uh, generosity at, uh, let's see, wheelpad prototype. My goal is to have people give $25 to that because what that does is it gives me a whole bunch of people that know about wheelpad. They get automatic updates whenever something new happens. Someone said, well, why don't you just ask a thousand people, or why don't you just ask 25 people for a thousand dollars rather than a thousand people for $25? I said, okay, sure. You got, you got a thousand dollars? And he pulled $30 out of his pocket. But <laughs> the whole thing is really to get people to know about Wheelpad. So that, that's one thing. Second, if anyone, it's spreading the word. You know, how do we help each other? How do we keep families together in times of crisis? How do we just recognize that with our medical advances in society, more people are living with various disabilities and illnesses than ever before? How do we incorporate them into our society, into daily life, so that they're not the other anymore? And the third thing, I don't know. Who who haven't you met that you want to meet? Well, our our congressional delegation has been very helpful to me. So um, I guess the new secretary for the Veterans Affairs. I met with uh, noted. Bob, I met with Bob McDonald, who was the outgoing secretary, and he was like, oh, "I want innovative ideas like this. This is great." So now I got to get through the bureaucracy, or the VA, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Medicaid, Medicare, and get this approved to keep families together. All right, together. we'll see if uh, our, our humble little podcast uh, <laughs> will allow uh, listeners who believe that may have a connection here that, that could uh, get funneled back to, to you and Wheelpad and, and your growing team. So. so, Julie, I just, and this is kind of backtracking a lot, but I just want to talk a little bit about you as an entrepreneur and whether you would you know, consider yourself an entrepreneur. Did you ever think you were going to be an entrepreneur? And now you've basically started two businesses, right? I mean, mm-hmm. is that what you set out to do? No. Um, I was going to save the world. 
<laughs> I would argue you're still doing that, but, but go ahead. I started off doing different international development projects in the field of education. Everything from trawling a mathematics curriculum in Papua New Guinea to teaching at the Sultan's private school in the Sultanate of Oman. I opened up a school in Colombia on the hillsides of Bogota. And i just done projects all over the world. Ran an education system in a refugee camp on the Thai-Cambodian border. But when I met my husband, now husband, and looked at that most architects are not married to their first wives, <laughs> I, you know, they have really? long, long hours. Oh, yeah. It's studio stuff. Studio stuff. Mm-hmm. I said, well, I think we need to go into business together. This is so, going to work. <laughs> yeah, that's a true story. His father was an entrepreneur. His father was a carpenter, which is he started off uh, working with wood and just working as a carpenter, evolved into architecture. My father was a businessman, started a temporary and permanent employment agency for his first career. And then he, um, and when he was ready to retire and play golf more, he opened up a four-star, four-diamond bed and breakfast in Savannah, Georgia. So cool. So we both come from that entrepreneurial thing. And yeah. it was like, yeah, it's going to be tough for a while, but go for it. Our first year in business with Line Sync Architecture was September, starting in 1988, right when there was the first housing crash. And I think we grossed $14,000 that year. So you're but, in your like 28th year of business, yeah, is that right? Yes, you are. Yeah. And we now employ nine people so and awesome. we're growing as, as it is. In and, Wilmington. In Wilmington, yeah, in a great. one-stoplight town. And it's great. We have projects all over the country. We're doing a, a fun hedge fund office in New York City, and we just finished a school over in New Hampshire. Awesome. So that's exciting, really good things. And so it's part of both of our families. Yeah, yeah, you can do this. Yeah, you can start a business. Well, your uh, your background in education cer- certainly makes sense now, and I know how how you know eager you are for the next opportunity and, and so willing <laughs> to learn, and I think that's such an important quality in an entrepreneur. So you're setting a really great example for the, the next wave it's a uh, magic wand time. Is Sam. it? Oh it my is. God. This is our question we ask everybody. <gasps> okay. Okay. Don't take too long. Okay. <laughs> no pressure. No, but actually, we can remove the seconds, so you can take as long as you want. So, okay, Sam, go ahead. All right, Julie, if you could change one thing in Vermont, what would you change? Sky's the limit. You have superpowers. I have superpowers, but only one thing. It can be a big thing <laughs> or a little thing. Um, I, my life is enriched because of the diversity that's in it. We, as much as possible, try to have a real diverse workforce in terms of male-female, in terms of cultural orientation and cult in terms of native language because people often look at line sync architecture and because we do have a diverse workforce and say, how do you do that? And we at one time had a deaf man working for us that opened us up to a whole new group of clientele. And I think that the more Vermont welcomes diversity, the better off. I mean, we're already the best state in the nation. So it's hard to think of what could make us a little bit better. And I think that acceptance of, welcoming rather, 
I think we do accept. I think that welcoming of a, of a diverse people would be my answer. Amen. It's a great answer. <laughs> Thank you so much, Julie, Thank for sharing you. your, your journey so far. I, I hope we can come back fun. and Thank uh, you, Julie. see you after the factory opens. Yeah. Totally. And come Absolutely. up and visit, please. Okay. All right. Will do. <laughs> this has been Start Here with Sam and Dave, a podcast sharing the stories of active, aspiring, and accidental entrepreneurs. This series was made possible by the Vermont Technology Council and Fairpoint Communications. Follow us at VSET, that's V-C-E-T. Thanks for listening and let's get back to work.